G'day, welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. I'm Graham Curry, your host from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilos or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle, and I successfully maintained that weight loss now, coming up two years. I wanted to bring this series of podcasts to you to give you an insight into what it's like to living an intermittent fasting lifestyle. I'm also the author of the book, The Fasting Highway, which is a story of my journey overcoming chronic addiction to fast food and sugar and taking that walk from morbid obesity to normality. So sit back here with us on the Fasting Highway in the next few weeks and listen to some inspiring guests and some experts in the intermittent fasting community. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the show. G'day and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. And this is episode 37. So just before we get to today's guest, I just wanted to acknowledge and thank everybody out there who's been buying my book, The Fasting Highway, which is available on Amazon in both Kindle and paperback. Thank you for all the great reviews. Um, Thank you for all the kind compliments in the various groups around the world. Uh, It's been fantastic. And I'm really glad that my book, which is a look at my own journey, living an intermittent fasting lifestyle, Uh, keeping it very simple, and also my battles in overcoming sugar and fast food addiction. So thank you so much. Okay, let's get to today's guest, and that's Matt Hall. And Matt is from Southern California in the United States. And Matt has a real passion for men's intermittent fasting and started up a group exclusively for that. And Matt also had to have a bit of a battle. He got cancer, and then he had to overcome that. He found intermittent fasting and now he's flourishing. So let's hear Matt's story. Welcome, Matt. G'day, Matt, and welcome to the Fasting Highway, and thank you for joining Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here, mate. I've followed you in the groups a bit, and uh, you're an inspiring guy, and thank you so much. So, Matt, what we might do is we might just start off, if you don't mind, just give us a bit of your backstory, mate, and things that you were trying and that sort of thing when where your weight was and what actually led you up to intermittent fasting. Yeah, um, I was a skinny kid. Uh, and then I started putting on pounds uh, when I was in middle school, uh, right, you know, puberty. Uh, and I remember in high school was probably when I first started making some pretty half-hearted attempts to lose the weight. Um, at that time, I was five foot 10, 183 pounds. So overweight for sure, but definitely not um, the largest kid uh, at the school. And uh, I remember the kind of the first thing that I did was um, in America, we had these things called slim fast shakes. I don't know if you guys have them over there, Uh, but they're pretty disgusting. They come in like really thick aluminum cans. I don't even think they exist anymore. And so I was trying the shake method and that just wasn't working. I think I would have a shake for breakfast, but by lunch I was eating French fries again. Uh, So then in college, um, of course, I put on more weight. Um, and that's when I started uh, probably dieting with a little bit more se- uh, seriousness um, and trying some things and, and researching. Uh, that probably was the beginning of my research phase of different weight loss programs. So I did Atkins uh, for a little while. I remember uh, wheat thin crackers. I think I could have 14 and a half wheat thins. Uh, and that was my daily allotment of carbs. And then I was trying to live off of like cheese and hot dogs. Uh, and I, I don't think I lasted very long on that. I think that wasn't even a week uh, before I was feeling pretty sick. Um, and let's see, what else have I done in that phase? I was doing all kinds of weird, silly little things. 
Um, around that time, I discovered um, the Fast Five diet, um, but I clearly did not absorb anything uh, that I should have absorbed from that. And my takeaway was uh, eat, like start eating as late as you can into the day. Um, and then for some reason, I, I tied it with calorie counting. So I did calorie counting and I had a thousand calories a day. Um, and so in hindsight, I did kind of an extreme uh, unhealthy version of intermittent fasting then. And that was my first real successful um, attempt at weight loss. And I probably lost, oh gosh, I was probably 210 and I got all the way down to about 165 or so um, in that season. Um, but of course that wasn't sustainable to try to live on a thousand calories at all um, a day. And so then the weight started to uh, come back on. Um, and over the years I've done things like um, the different multi-level marketing schemes. So I did the five bars a day and um, drank a lot of water. Um, one scheme that I got onto was a fat-burning coffee. Uh, they had a fat-burning coffee and a fat-burning energy tea. And uh, my friend had actually lost a lot of weight using it. And I, I don't really understand how. Um, and I did it and I lost a little bit of weight on it. But it just made me super jittery. Caffeine doesn't agree with me. I've learned since uh, intermittent fasting for real. And so that time I probably got down, um, I don't know, 30 or so pounds, um, met my wife uh, shortly after that. And then um, kind of the only other successful, um, you know, short-term successful diet I did is uh, both my wife and I lost 75 pounds on one of those uh, multi-level marketing uh, weight loss plans. We did that in pretty quick order, about six months Um and we were motivated uh, because we wanted to try to have kids. Uh, we were also motivated because her sister was getting married and she was maid of honor and I was officiating the wedding. So we knew we were going to be in all kinds of pictures. Uh, and so that was the lowest weight I've been um, my adult life other than that time that I was uh, 160 something. So I got down to 173 that time. Um, and so I had had like this fasting thing in the background um, where I kind of knew about it um, in my research. But what really brought me to look at intermittent fasting and um, really kind of figuring it out um, was cancer. I actually, I had cancer. Um, my wife um, and I, we got married in July of 2014. And two days before the wedding, I found <laughs> the tumor <laughs> and I was in massive denial mode um, and then came back from the honeymoon and was diagnosed. And uh, we did surgery. And then about a month later, we did two rounds of chemo. Um, and so that was kind of the beginning of our marriage. Well, not kind of, that was the beginning of our marriage. And um, that next year was just a massive uh, mind trip for me. Um, here I was 30 years old. My life was really good, really good. <laughs> I mean, so blessed to be married to an awesome woman. And here I was uh, suddenly confronting my frailty in ways that I wasn't expecting to be confronting at 30. And so one of the things with my cancer is I have um, occasional um, uh, like phantom pains um, that remind me of that. And I um, was trying to figure out what do I do to prevent cancer from happening? Uh, my kind of cancer, they don't really know the cause. So I was in the situation where I just needed to figure out how, how do I live my life in a way that will prevent this from happening? Um, and how do I live my life in a way that will stop these phantom pains from happening? 
and I was Googling and I found intermittent fasting. Um, the research on autophagy uh, was showing that it had anti-cancer benefits. And then shortly thereafter, I found Jen Stevens and got involved in her Facebook groups and read her first book. And uh, that was the beginning of really learning about fasting. So that would have been about two years ago when I found intermittent fasting. Oh, that's fantastic, mate. What a story. It's um, So where are you at with the cancer now, mate? Are you clear clear of it? Or? I'm clear, yeah. I've been clear now. Uh, gosh, I've been married six years, so I've been clear. Uh, actually, uh, today, uh, the day before Thanksgiving, um, was when I got my official um, all clear after my two rounds of chemo. So this is my sixth anniversary uh, cancer-free, which is really exciting. Oh, I'm glad to hear that, mate. It's... Uh... Not exactly what you want to hear two days before you get married, that's for sure. No, no, it was very bad news. And I I managed to convince my general practitioner that I didn't have cancer. <laughs> so she wanted me to get an ultrasound. And I was like, it's not cancer. <laughs> like, come on, I don't need to do this. I'm getting married. Uh, and so she and I compromised and we agreed to do an ultrasound when I got back from the honeymoon. And then, of course, being uh, a 30-year-old guy who hadn't been to the doctor in a decade, I then ditched that ultrasound, um, and eventually my my body made it clear that I needed to pay more attention to it. And so, 17 days after marriage was when the official diagnosis came. Wow! So, mate, when you moved to finding intermittent fasting, and you found Jim Stevens' books there with the delay, don't deny, and that sort of thing, how did you start? What what was your fasting protocol, and why did you actually choose that? Yeah. So I kind of intuitively like remembering how I wanted to eat from when I was a teenager, I would have happily skipped breakfast. Uh, skipping breakfast is not a big deal for me at all. Um, I see in the Facebook groups that there's some people who just really love breakfast and I, I don't understand. Um, I naturally don't really want to eat until the afternoon. Um, and so I chose um, a four hour window. Um, and I think part of it was that memory of my bad, wrong take of the fast five diet. And so I uh, basically have been fasting four hours fairly consistently uh, when I do, uh, it tends to be what works well for me. So about three to seven is usually my window. And I've experimented with shorter windows and longer windows over the time. Uh, but four hours just seemed to be a good fit. And I think part of it was that 24 was a common number uh, that was used in the Facebook groups. You don't hear that often people choosing a 19.5. Otherwise, maybe I would have considered it. Um, but 24 just uh, resonated with me. Um, and so that's, that's what I've been doing. Okay. And so right from the start, Matt, were you doing things like clean fasting? Yeah, I, I was lucky um, in that, you know, Jen's groups make such a big deal of the clean fast. And I uh, was a believer pretty fast <laughs> on that one. Um, I read I accepted. Um, I wasn't one of those people who wanted to challenge it. So I, I clean fasted. Um, and actually, I think the multi-level marketing diet I was on was helpful with that. And that one of the things they pushed in addition to their bars that they wanted us to buy uh, was to drink water. So I was actually pretty used to drinking a lot of water. And my wife and I, when we were on that plan, um, we learned that uh, in order for us to get the water in, we had to drink the water before we drank anything else. Uh, both my wife and I love Diet Coke. Uh, we're massive Diet Coke uh, fans. And so I kind of fell back into that pattern of I'm just going to do nothing but drink water, uh, black coffee, until I open up my window and then I can have the Diet Coke. 
Uh, so, yeah, I definitely was a believer in the clean sash right away. And of course, like so many people, you have you have those early slip ups, and that confirms <laughs> no, the the magic is in the clean fast. You really can't mess with it. And so uh, those little slip ups definitely kept me in line. Yeah, I was a big Diet Coke fan myself, mate. I um I used to have six to ten cans a day. I haven't actually had a um, a soda at all really for the last three years. It's just amazing how the wheel turns, but. What sort of food were you eating, mate? Were you a guy that was just um, sort of having whatever you wanted? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, my wife and I are both picky eaters, uh, so it's a good thing we found each other. We drive anybody else crazy. Uh, and so we're eating a lot of comfort food and a lot of uh, junk food. <laughs> uh, definitely doing our fair share of going through drive throughs uh, Not so much anymore, but uh, we used to do that a lot. Um, and so when I was intermittent fasting, one of the things that really appealed to me was that I, I believed, and I still believe for the most part, that if I limit my window small enough, I can really eat whatever I want within that window. Um, and the key word, of course, is, you know, uh, whatever I want. Uh, and that, of course, we know evolves over time. Uh, but that was part of the appeal was that I didn't need to be living on rabbit food, uh, that I could still eat my favorite foods. And, and that's kind of how I've done it. I've never really been uh, as an intermittent faster, I've never been somebody who's limited what I've eaten um, as far as eliminating a food group or, or anything like that. Yeah, that's great, mate. And so what about things like appetite correction? Did that start happening for you? And sort of how far in did that happen? Yeah, appetite correction for me happens fairly quickly, I think. Um, it happens after about two weeks is when I really start to notice it kick in. Um, I also find though that if I'm busy, um, the whole thing's just easier. Um, it's, it's on the days where I'm, I'm home and I don't have much going on where maybe that's more of a challenge. Uh, but after about two weeks, I see that just I'm naturally eating less in meals. Um, I think in those first two weeks uh, when I'm uh, returning to fasting, I've uh, loosened my window enough uh, several times um, that there's been return points where I've tightened it back up to four hours. And it takes about two weeks before um, I'm done with that kind of binge eating stage. The first two weeks of the fast, I'm, I'm eating whatever I can and I'm clock watching to make sure that I'm opening my window right at three o'clock and I'm chewing my last bite right at seven to just try to cram everything in. And then after about two weeks, I just naturally relax. And then I'll get to the point where it's like, oh, uh, my window today was effectively two and a half hours because I just haven't been hungry and it's now past the time when I would normally eat. And then I just let it go to the next day, which is uh, kind of a fascinating feeling, <laughs> uh, particularly after those first two weeks where it feels like hunger or fear of hunger uh, is really driving the consumption. So I guess that would be one of my encouragement to people is uh, give yourself grace um, and let your body adapt. Um, appetite correction will definitely come. Yeah. And so, mate, we'll just go back to your stats for a minute. When you started um, intermittent fasting, what was your weight then? Do you remember? Did you have it recorded when you started? Yeah. So, my well, do I have it started recorded right when I started? So, my all-time high is 250. Um, and that was, uh, uh, sorry, that was a year after getting married. And then... Uh, we lost the weight to have children. And then we had uh, 
issues with fertility. And so the weight started to climb back on. Uh, we finally got pregnant. Um, and then like a total jerk, I uh, was back to losing weight while my wife was gaining pregnancy weight. And so when my son was born, I was about uh, 210. So kind of back to my pre-marriage weight. Um, and I think when I actually started intermittent fasting again, I was um, part of what was freaking me out was that I was getting back close up to my, my all-time high. So it was probably around 235 uh, when I came back to intermittent fasting or came around intermittent fasting. Okay. So your high was about 110 kilos or roughly around 250 pounds. And then you sort of came back and you were probably about 106 or 107 kilos just for our Australian listeners there at 235. And so what height are you, man? 510. Okay. All right, mate. So did you have any struggles um, early on with fasting or did you sort of find it pretty easy to adapt? Uh, For me, my struggle wasn't so much with the actual fasting. When I got it, well, when I got into a groove, it was easy. Um, For me, my issue was that my schedule wasn't consistent. And so then it was constantly throwing me out of my groove. Um, I work in youth ministry. uh, So I am um, running programs for teenagers. And so there's some nights where I'm out late and then um, there's other nights where I'm not. Um, and when I'm hanging out with teenagers, it's the easy thing to do is to order a pizza. Um, and so that, that was the challenge for me is I would do good. And then we'd have an event. Uh, we'd go on a camp out, we'd uh, do a mission trip and I'd get thrown off there for a little while. And the getting back on was the challenge. Um, so that's, that's been the challenge for me is my inconsistent schedule and learning how to make fasting work as my schedule has changed. Um, and I think that's one of the, been the gifts of COVID is I've been able to fast consistently enough that I feel like I have the experience and the skills now to get through um, the schedule changes that are just going to come back hopefully pretty soon as we emerge from COVID. Yeah, Matt. So you mentioned the um, COVID situation there. Just tell people a bit about where you're from and how is that affecting your area and how it's affecting you and your family and stresses and anything around your fasting with that. Yeah, absolutely. So at the beginning of COVID, um, my daughter was born. Um, Our daughter was born in February. um, And right around then was when we were really starting to hear about COVID. And it's when we started to notice um, the hospitals were starting to act a little bit differently. Um, That was kind of the very, very beginning of the precautions. Uh, So we are in uh, Silicon Valley, uh, like a stone's throw from uh, the Apple spaceship campus. And um, we've been lucky to be in a county that has kind of taken it seriously all the way along. Um, our elected leaders um, have tended to be on the more conservative side. Um, and then I'm fortunate that I actually know an infectious disease doctor um, who works in the area and is very aware of, of the research. And kind of initially, he didn't think it was a big deal. Uh, but pretty quick, uh, his tune changed and he was telling us that it was a big deal. Um, and I've known him my, my whole life. I trust him a lot. And uh, one of the things that he was telling us um, was that um, obesity uh, was leading to negative outcomes, uh, even amongst young people, which, of course, we've, we've seen the news stories of young, otherwise healthy men um, having heart attacks and strokes. And that freaked me out uh, because my father is a stroke survivor. He had a massive stroke when I was nine uh, that left him pretty severely disabled. 
And so where a lot of people say, you know, uh, less than 1% uh, death rate, that's not that bad. Um, I kind of look at all the other negative outcomes that I would like to avoid, uh, stroke being one of many. And then I look at, you know, my young family. I have a, well, in February, I had a two-year-old and a, a newborn um, and a young wife, and I don't, don't want to leave any of them. So uh, COVID uh, was a real wake-up call to me um, in the sense that in the past, I think I had felt like my body uh, was what I was waging war with. And now all of a sudden, I'm protecting my body from the outside world. Um, and so our family, we went on lockdown for 100 days. Um, we were the most conservative people I know. Um, my mother um, and my in-laws, they saw their uh, granddaughter through um, our living room window uh, for about 100 days. That was all they got. Uh, that and, and video calls um, because we were just so concerned um, with keeping our family safe. And then as uh, the COVID cases um, reduced in our area, as our understanding changed and um, the county was allowing us to do more, we opened up a little bit more come summer. Uh, but in those kind of first hundred days, it was this beautiful um, opportunity for me to really focus on my health. Um, and of course, I was trying to figure out how to do my job <laughs> uh, in the meantime. Uh, but I was taking daily walks. Um, I started walking three miles a day uh, during COVID, um, in addition to the fasting. And I really um, had the time and the energy uh, to really think about how am I going to make fasting work? And one of the places that I always struggled to make fasting work was actually at home. Um, because if I was busy at work, I'd be able to distract myself, but sitting at home with, you know, two kids and a job, uh, oftentimes in that situation, we tend to turn to comfort food. And the fact that I was able to hold to a consistent, for the most part, four hour window, uh, there was a little while in there where I was experimenting with um, a true one meal a day. Um, that was incredibly empowering for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think every cloud has a silver lining, Matt. And I think what you've done is you've taken a sort of unprecedented time and adapted, you know, and done something positive. And I think that's what people can do out there is, you know, I know it must be stressful for a lot of people. And I know when it first sort of read its head here in Australia, it was quite stressful. Um, my wife, she's immune compromised. And I thought, you know, if she got this, it would be difficult, but, We've been pretty lucky here in Australia um, with it. So, yeah. So I wish everyone the best there, mate. I really do hope we all get on top of it. But, mate, with the fasting, when did you sort of notice your weight was moving down? And just run us through a bit about your weight loss and sort of how long have you been doing IF now up to today? Yeah, so I've been doing intermittent fasting since uh, basically my daughter was born. Um, and so I've, I've been on and off uh, for a couple of years now. Um, and then I've been serious since February. Uh, so I did, for the most part, uh, a four-hour window, um, other than my brief uh, visits into OMAD land. Um, from February, the end of February, all the way through uh, the end of July. Um, and in that time span, I lost uh, 35 pounds. Um, and by, by July, my three-mile walks with my son uh, was turning into me waking up early and uh, I started a jogging program. Um, I was doing couch to 5K and uh, jogging uh, three times a week. And then I would come back from my jog. And of course, the early phases of couch to 
to 5k for those people who've done it they know you're not hitting three miles a day uh, right away or the 5k uh, and so then i would come back and i'd walk with my son to complete <laughs> the 5k on those days uh, so that was that was awesome um i've never been somebody who's like exercising uh, and for me the weight fell off instantly um i think I think the first 10 pounds, you know, a lot of that's just that inflammation. That's that water weight. Everybody kind of loses um, that initial amount of weight pretty quickly. And for me, I'm uh, usually, I'm an everyday wear. Uh, so I really know what my body's doing. And I found for myself uh, kind of in May, that was actually, uh, I was sabotaging myself because um, I was realizing um, that I was losing weight rapidly. And then I would eat more than I even wanted to eat. And there was some weird mind game that I was playing where because I was losing weight on intermittent fasting, I was bringing candy back into the house. Um, I've been baking all along throughout this pandemic and I was baking more and eating more and just eating more than I wanted to, uh, which is a, it doesn't make any sense, uh, but that's what I was doing. And so in July, uh, in July, I, um, got rid of the scale for the entire month um, and just stopped playing kind of the scale mind game with myself. And I lost 10 pounds in July alone, um, which was awesome. So, so that all uh, went really well for me. Um, and then come July, I had job changes <laughs> and uh, we were opening up a little bit more. And since July, my window has been, uh, been too wide. <laughs> I've been uh, like five to six hours. And my body just won't, uh, and no exercise. And so I'm learning that for me, uh, if I want to lose weight, I really need to be at four hours um, or less. And if I want to lose weight at a good rapid rate, I need to be exercising. Um, so that's, those are some of the lessons that I've learned. So since it's now the end of November, um, and so since the beginning of August, I've basically have uh, maintained my weight. I'm up a little bit, um, but have maintained the last four months it has been four months, uh, August, September, October, November, four months, rather than uh, gaining all the weight back, uh, which is, of course, you know, what usually happens when people um, loosen up on their, their diet plan, their exercise lifestyle choices. Um, it all just kind of rushes right back. And I feel like I'm a little bit heavier than I was, but my clothes actually fit uh, better than they did. Uh, my clothes are all loose right now. So while well, the scale is showing a gain, um, you know, we talk a lot in the fasting groups about body uh, recomposition and my body is changing shape and size. And so while the scale's up a little bit, um, I, I'm fitting into smaller clothes, um, which is uh, phenomenal and, and really encouraging for me as I kind of am just in a season of life right now uh, where I, I don't have the ability to be quite as focused as I was in the spring uh, but I feel like I'm, I'm at a rest point and pretty soon here I'll jump back into a stricter uh, fasting protocol and knock off um, hopefully another 35 pounds. Yeah, I think when we do lose a lot of weight rapidly, Matt, our bodies do get to that point where they say, well, hang on a minute. I just need a bit of a rest here because I know myself, I lost 100 pounds in the first eight months and then I sort of hit the wall a bit. And I wasn't doing anything different. I was pretty much eating the same. I was doing, you know, my daily work and exercise and everything else was the same, but it just wasn't shifting. And then I thought, I'm just going to trust the process here and just keep on going. And I just continued doing what I was doing. And then it started to move again and I lost another 30 odd pounds. So 
I think once you get to that set point, so with maintenance, mate, have you sort of thought about that when you get there and how you're sort of going to handle that or are you just going to wait till you get there then figure it out again? Yeah, no, I think when I, I've done a lot of thinking about <laughs> maintenance, uh, which sounds silly because I, I'm not particularly close there yet, uh, though, you know, at the rate I was losing, I could get there uh, pretty quick, uh, I guess maybe if I focused on it again. Um, I think for me, what I'm really concerned about is I want to make this a, a sustainable lifestyle. Um, if fasting can't be a sustainable lifestyle, then it's not for me. Um, I don't want to be somebody who's uh, struggling to lose weight um, and kind of continually going up and down. Um, and, and the beautiful thing is even with my pause and even with my slight weight gain, I don't feel like I've gone backwards. Um, there's days where I get discouraged, but when I actually look at myself kind of um, with less harsh perspectives, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like doing phenomenal. I can't believe I've not put all the weight back on. I can't believe I'm blown up out of a clothing size. So my, my intention I think is to kind of expand my window a little bit and just figure out what works for my body. Um, but it's going to be fasting, I think for the long haul. So if maintenance for me means I can do a six hour window. Awesome. If it means, um, you know, I need to keep a tighter window kind of on my work days, but then can have more flexibility on the weekend. That would be awesome too. Uh, so my intention is really to, uh, listen to my body, um, and, um, not just pay attention to the scale, but really pay attention to the clothes and how I feel, um, because how you feel fasting is, um, it's, it's almost better than the weight loss. <laughs> um, and so that's, that's what I'm going to be really looking for is, you know, I'm an experiment of one, uh, and I need to figure out what works for my body and, um, listen to that and adapt to that. Um, and so that's, that's the goal. So I would guess, um, when I hit maintenance, I'd probably be doing something like what I'm doing now, um, about a six hour window, um, and, uh, you know, just pay attention. And if things ever, you know, if my clothes ever get a little too snug, then I would tighten up again, uh, to get back, uh, to where I wanted to be, um, but without fear of needing to, you know, buy a whole new wardrobe. Um, in my job, I don't need to wear formal clothing very often because I'm the youth pastor I'm running after teenagers. Uh, but every once in a while I'd have to go, you know, put on, you know, a dress shirt and dress pants. And I just feel like every time I did that, I was always buying a new like new clothes because I didn't have clothes that fit. Uh, so that's really the goal is to not have to keep buying new clothes every time those rare formal occasions come up in my work life. Yeah, I think that's a great mindset you have there around maintenance. And for me, I know a lot of people say, oh, look, I'm just going to wait till I get there. But I, I think it's important that if you are sort of heading towards that and you do want to make intermittent fasting a permanent lifestyle, you really do need to sort of make some sort of plan like you sort of just outlined there. And I think that's important for the sustainability of it. And I really like what you said too about the clothes. It's interesting. Once you get to that point where you have a wardrobe of all the clothes that fit you nicely, and then you go 12 months maintaining, I've been maintaining now some 18 months, 20 months now, and all the clothes still fit you. I mean, you're probably the same, Matt. You probably had a wardrobe of clothes once that had two or three sizes in them. Yep. I just threw out, well, not just, a couple of months ago, I threw out all of my extra large um, uh, clothing. Uh, and so now I'm, I'm sitting comfortably at large and the goal is to get uh, back down to medium. Um, and yeah, no, it's, it feels great to be able to throw it out and, and feel confident that I'm not going to be going back to the department store to get those extra large clothings back. 
Um, and I, I'm really looking forward to getting back into the medium clothes that I, I haven't been in now for uh, my son's three, uh, so like four years. And, and clearly it'll need an update. Uh, but to be able to pull out, you know, medium clothes over and over again, uh, that will be, that'll be a day worth celebrating uh, every time I'm switching my wardrobe up for the different seasons and getting to pull out the same clothes. Yeah, it's very freeing, mate. So you mentioned there earlier on about the cancer, Matt. Was there any other health benefits or non-scale victories that sort of happened for you that you sort of want to talk about? Yeah, I think for me, the non-scale victories might have been part of what made me um, a believer uh, early on. Uh, because I think when you know, you're only eating a four-hour window, you, you're not surprised to be losing weight. Um, but, you know, having done other diet plans where I've lost weight, um, there's always, well, almost always health benefits when you're shedding the pounds. Um, but there's some like just different health benefits that come with intermittent fasting. So the energy throughout the day uh, when you're fasting, like those fasting ketones are amazing um, to help with uh, work productivity. But the one that I really noticed was about a year before I started intermittent fasting, I think the first time I was walking through a dark room in the church and we have a little step up stage and I've, I've grown up in my church. So I'm, I'm very familiar with the building. Uh, and so I'll walk through it dark, like it's my own house. Uh, but for whatever reason this day, I, I hit the stage with the side of my foot. And ever since then for like, gosh, until I started fasting, um, I would wake up in the first like three steps of the morning, I would be in pain. And I was just like, oh, gosh, like I'm 30 something and the rest of my life is going to be like this. I'm going to have these kinds of aches and pains already. Um, and, you know, after, gosh, a month of fasting, uh, that went away and I've never had that again. Um, this last year, um, while my wife was pregnant, um, or so I guess it's two years ago now, um, I had developed... Um, the doctor diagnosed it over, you know, a video visit. So they never actually saw it, but I had developed like a dryness of, which is a hereditary thing in my family. Uh, my grandfather had really brittle skin and my thumb which would just peel like uh, nobody's business. And I was constantly walking around with like Vaseline and uh, all kinds of different medical ointments. And I finally got a prescription and I was doing whatever I could to keep my skin from peeling. Um, and my skin would peel so bad that when I would, uh, you know, pick up uh, my beloved can of Diet Coke or whatever, or usually something heavier than that, my thumb would hurt, uh, which is just so ridiculous. And I was, I was pretty discouraged about that. But then once I started fasting, uh, that went away. Um, and my wife, um, you know, is a skeptic uh, still on a lot of the things about uh, fasting. And so when I uh, you know, told her, I was like, oh my gosh, fasting has healed my finger. Like I no longer have this, this peeling, nasty skin. I no longer have to walk around with a can of Vaseline to try to keep it healthy. Um, her attitude was like, well, let's, let's wait uh, for colder weather and see. Um, and so here we are, we're in colder weather and I, I haven't experienced that at all either. Uh, so uh, my skin's healthier, my energy's better. Um, I'm healing from like wounds that weren't healing as fast uh, prior. Uh, so I'm definitely seeing those kinds of benefits. And then the energy, uh, the energy is magic um, and the focus is magic. So those, those non-scale victories are yeah. huge. It's interesting, mate. I, I spoke to a guy yesterday, actually, he was involved in a very bad car accident when he was younger. And 
which left him with a lot of scarring on his body. He broke his leg. He um, had some damage to his shoulder. And after about a year or so of intermittent fasting, all the scarring that he had on his body, quite thick, heavy scarring, is disappearing. I just find that amazing. I don't even think about that, but I actually, I experienced that. Um, so I had, um, I have two scars, <laughs> one from uh, my cancer surgery and then one from a surgery that I had when I was a child, like three years old. And uh, both scars are fading rapidly. And, you know, one scar I've carried my entire life and it was, you know, raised in red. And so to see these two scars uh, both kind of disappearing when they were fairly significant scars is also really incredible. I don't think about them often because they're, you know, they don't show uh, in my normal everyday life. But yeah, no, the, the scar tissue. I remember reading uh, stories of women who have had C-sections uh, and their C-section scars are are fading and kind of thinking, oh, that's that's a little dramatic. I don't know if I believe that, but no, I'm a believer. Um, it's amazing to see the body heal itself when uh, you're doing what it needs to do. Yeah, I would have been a skeptic myself before I came to intermittent fasting about these things. Matt, I would have just said, that's nonsense. That doesn't happen, but it, it does. does. And I know for myself, you may have heard me talk about the fact that I had very bad psoriasis um, for some 25 years. And it was all over my hands, um, backs of my legs, uh, elbows, knees, very unsightly. And after about six months of intermittent fasting, I could, I could see it was going away after about three. And by the six-month mark, all of that psoriasis that I'd had for all those years, it completely left my body. And to this day, it has not come back. So I think you're right when you said earlier about the health benefits are so much more important than the weight loss. And I say that to people that say to me, oh, I've only lost five pounds. And I say, well, okay, tell me about some of the health benefits that you found. Oh, well, I have all this energy and clarity and I feel so great and I feel well within myself. And I say, well, you've had a lot of wins yeah. right there. So just don't focus on the weight loss. But mate, what also about... Did you get into the extended fasting at all? Do you do any of that? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I see, I see people who do, um, and more power to them. I, I have not. Uh, I think the longest I've gone is maybe 25, 26 hours, uh, and that's just because with my varied schedule, um, there are times where um, my window does shift. And, um, but, yeah, no, I haven't gone over 26 that I, that I can remember that I'm aware of. Um, and I'm, yeah. I'm not particularly keen to do it. I, I think I know some people turn to it when um, their weight loss goals or, or health goals stall um, and they, they want to kind of kickstart and maybe I would get there. Um, but for me, I think if, if all of you know, the, the negative health uh, ramifications of being obese weren't um, a concern and I was just a little bit larger than I want to be, I think I would still stick with a, the four hour window and just wait it out and just let my body be a little bit heavier than maybe my aesthetic goal is knowing that my body is overall healthy. Yeah. My take on extended fasting matters that I need to eat every day. That's mm -hmm. just neat. I want to eat one, once a day. I, I want that ritual. I've been able to eat something every day. And plus, what I was doing was working for me with the 23 and 1. I mean, it took 15 months. So I got the 132 pounds off, and I was happy with that. And I only ever fasted past that 23 hours once, purely by accident that I was out late one night, and I just couldn't be bothered um, <laughs> having a meal, and I went to bed, so I was tired. And then the next day, I sort of thought, 
man, I don't know if I'd like to do that all that often. But my thing about it is if you are going to do extended fasting or alternate day fasting or mealless Mondays, tasteless Tuesdays, windowless Wednesdays, whatever they call them, <laughs> then do it for the right reasons. Yeah. Do it for the reasons of the health benefits and not because you went out on Saturday night and had a few beers and then you ended up at a fast food bar having a having a hot dog or something. You know, don't beat yourself up by doing a longer fast for it. That's not what they're about. But also, Matt, you mentioned their uh, mindset. And I know mindset for me is probably the most important thing around my intermittent fasting journey. And do you think that mindset and the mental part plays a, a, a lot for you? I think I do. Uh, for me, for me, intermittent fasting brings me peace. Um, I mean, not just the, you know, the clarity of thought and all of that. Um, but for me, I've been on this quest to, to have physical <laughs> health, for sure. Um, that's been a quest of mine since high school when I was downing those stupid shakes. Um, but also, I've really wanted um, emotional healing and spiritual healing. And so for me um, to know uh, that fasting is, is impacting all of those areas. Uh, we know, you know, all the world's great religions have practiced fasting. So there's that spiritual component that we know of. And those of us who have fasted are finding um, that our emotional life is a little bit more stable. And so for me, um, there's just this gratitude, um, this gratitude for the freedom of fasting um, and this gratitude for um, a consistent, slow, uh, you know, not a quick fix uh, journey of overall healing. And so I think when I'm remembering uh, my ultimate goals, uh, fasting becomes really easy. Um, I think if I were, you know, trying to intermittent fast to look good for my sister-in-law's wedding, um, that mindset I don't think would be sustainable for me. Um, I would probably be really great at, you know, an hour a day for however long it took to get to my goal weight. But I don't know that it would be sustainable um, because I would lose the incentive. And so to, to really find what is going to be the sustainable um, incentive to keep fasting as a lifestyle and not to start to play all the games and gimmicks with it, um, I think that's huge for overall success. Uh, because absolutely, um, there's going to be days where your window is longer, uh, weddings will come and life will happen. Uh, and then if your mindset is that you need to like atone for your sin uh, by doing a, you know, a 72 hour fast, that's you're you're not, you're not fasting for the right reasons, in my opinion, at that point. And you're, you're starting to, to play games. And, and I think your mindset of punishing yourself um, probably isn't healthy. Um, I think one of the things that we need to learn is to be compassionate to ourselves. Uh, and so for me, fasting is an act of compassion. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it, mate. So we're going to move into something now that's very close to your heart, one of your passions, and that's men's health and men's intermittent fasting. And I know you started up a group um, just for men with intermittent fasting. So tell us all about that, Matt. Yeah, so over the summer, um, uh, Jen Stevens released her book, uh, became a New York Times bestseller. And she um, gave those of us who were in her community uh, the opportunity to host our own groups um, with the agreement that we would, of course, you know, follow a couple different protocols and one of them being uh, that we weren't going to contradict uh, what her books say uh, and what the research says um, is the way to fast. So a clean fast is a big part of that. 
And I, um, I had been a big uh, part of the intermittent fasting communities um, online, her communities. And I, um, sometimes I'm more active in posting and other times I'm, I'm, I'm a lurker. And one of the things that I'm always looking at is success stories from men. Um, and for me, it's not, it's not always the aesthetics, though, gosh, there are some people who've had phenomenal um, aesthetic changes. Uh, but what I'm always looking for is the quality of life. Um, I think for me, being the son of a stroke survivor and, you know, growing up with a severely disabled dad, um, I'm aware kind of of the fragility of that. Um, and then to have uh, cancer within my, <laughs> within my own body, um, there's, there's these kind of hidden things that I think men like to ignore um, or we think that we can uh, Rambo our way uh, through fixing it uh, when a problem arises that we just can't always. Um, and then other times we, we give up. So I was, I was always curious about the, like the non-scale victories. I was curious about the blood pressure um, uh, and, and like men's sexual health, uh, men's hormonal health. All of that interests me um, in the Facebook groups. And one of the things that I was noticing was that uh, some men didn't feel comfortable um, sharing in there. That was never something for me. Um, I've always enjoyed being um, in groups with women. So it definitely wasn't a desire to um, avoid the ladies, uh, but it was a desire to uh, create a space where maybe men could ask questions they might not have felt comfortable um, or maybe sharing information that they might not have felt sharing in the other groups. Um, and I know some people have struggled uh, because Jin's groups are amazing. And there were people who felt like uh, we might have been trying to silo these guys away from the other group. And that was never my intention. I'm still still a part of Jin's groups and still really um, appreciate that. Um, so I see myself as kind of, uh, I created this other little room off to the side uh, for men to maybe step into, have a, have a men's conversation and of course, there's some men who that's all they want. Um, but then I think for the most part, our members are, are in both groups. Um, they're in the men's group, but they're also in uh, the other uh, fasting groups that Jin runs. Yeah, what's the name yeah, of your so, group, mate? Um, our group is called, um, <laughs> we changed the name, so I should probably go uh, verify it. Um, and we changed our name because uh, the men were finding themselves um, accidentally um, posting in the normal groups when they meant to post in our groups. So our, our group is called Men's Support for Delay, Don't Deny Intermittent Fasting. Uh, so that's its name right now. Um, before we started off, uh, Delay, Don't Deny Intermittent Fasting Support for Men. So look for Men's Support for Intermittent Fasting. And there's, there's a good group of guys in there. Um, I believe uh, you interviewed recently um, kind of the, the co-moderator in that group. Uh, and he's had a phenomenal uh, weight loss in six months um, and has just spent a lot of time and energy on the exercise portion of it, uh, which for me, I'm a walker. Um, I don't ever see myself doing much beyond that. Uh, but we also have some other uh, men who are kind of fasting all-stars in that group. Um, so uh, Ryan's in there. And if you've been a part of uh, Jen's groups, uh, you know that Ryan's had just a, a phenomenal uh, change. Um, Every time I see a picture of him uh, in his after, I just feel like I'm, I'm looking at a, I don't know, Hollywood celebrity. Uh, it's pretty phenomenal uh, just how uh, he's changed. So we have, we have some people with a lot of great experience in there and then just a lot of enthusiastic people who are starting and learning. Um, and one of the things for me, um, there are other men's intermittent fasting groups um, and I was absolutely a part of them too. 
but what frustrated me was they, they hadn't bought into the clean fast um, and, and the ones that I had experienced. And they were constantly uh, nitpicking um, exercise plans um, or ex- uh, nitpicking meal plans. And one of the things that I loved about Jen's groups was she has a rule, like keep your eyes on your own plate. Uh, what works for your body might not work for somebody else's body. And so I wanted to bring that spirit into this men's group and not have us, you know, jockeying for who uh, was throwing the most weights on, um, you know, on a, on a barbell or um, who was doing the, I don't know, the most extreme diet. I just wanted, you know, a place for people to learn what's working for others and kind of um, humbly share what's working for them and not feel like they were going to be criticized for taking the wrong, I don't know, whey protein powder or something. So, so the group's pretty supportive uh, there too. Yeah. And it's, it's a little bit different than maybe some of the other men's fasting groups that people might find. I think that's very commendable, Matt. And I encourage any men out there that don't feel comfortable maybe being in, in groups that they can't express themselves to look that up. And we'll, we'll put that in the show notes, Matt. Thank you so much for all the work you're doing there. But I know I really enjoy being in the, uh, an inclusive group with women, as you know, and I like that because I learn off everyone and I understand what you're, you're talking about there. And I know working in farming, we find men often won't sort of talk to about their feelings or about their struggles, so to speak, if they're in an environment where there's a, a lot of women there, they just can't. But I think we also might be a little bit afraid uh, to confront it. And you know, I didn't go to the, the doctor from the time I was 20 until I was 30. Now, granted, I was a young man there and had that arrogance and thought I was invincible. Uh, but I think, you know, even at uh, 37, um, I'd still really like to believe I was invincible. Um, and Um, you know, I think sometimes you feel like you go to the doctor and they find two more problems than the one that you initially went in for. So I think there's probably a little bit of avoidance um, amongst men or this desire to uh, feel like they're capable of of figuring it out on their own. Um, And then I think also men sometimes just want to get to the bottom line, right? Uh, Just tell me what works. Um, Like, I don't want to read Jen's book. Just, you know, give me the, the bullet point summary, or I don't want to read this person's whole success story. Just tell me what works. Let me go do it. Uh, so I think, I think those might just be some, some differences in many men. Uh, but clearly uh, there are men involved in the group, you and me, um, and we both are, are happy to uh, launch in there as well. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think there's, there's differences. Um, and I think also women probably um, just societally, uh, they've had more of a diet culture than men have. So as the standard American diet or the standard Australian diet has really led to obesity in the last 30 years, um, I think men are starting to deal with weight um, more so than we have in the past. And we don't necessarily benefit from, um, I don't know, 100,000 years of a kind of a toxic diet culture, um, as much as one could say talking about weight is a, is a positive thing. So. Yeah. Can you see a point in time, and I know some people are of the opinion that intermittent fasting is mainstream now, but can you see a point in time when it really is mainstream? Because I feel in Australia here, they talk about it more, but it's definitely not mainstream here. The other diet industry and the other diet plans and all that. Still yeah, dominate. I feel like in America, intermittent fasting is becoming more mainstream. Um, when people find out that I'm intermittent fasting, they're not surprised. They don't you know, question what it is. Uh, but what I'm 
what I'm running into is that people are ignorant about what real intermittent fasting is. And I guess that's a little bit arrogant to say that the way you and I intermittent fast with a clean fast is, is real intermittent fasting. But, but that is to me, uh, anything else, um, a dirty fast is not fasting as far as I'm concerned. Um, and so when I see intermittent fasting covered in kind of the mainstream media over here, um, or I, I talk to people who think they know what it is and they're talking about dirty fasting and all kinds of weird things. Um, it just kind of reminds me how the clean fast isn't mainstream. Uh, fasting might be this buzzword and then everybody comes up with these weird takes on it um, and they start to sell like there's diet products. I don't understand <laughs> why are people buying weird intermittent fasting bars? Um, the whole idea of this is that you're not eating. You don't need to buy that stuff. Um, but to see, to see kind of intermittent fasting be corrupted that way, I'm hoping that that's a precursor to true clean fasting, intermittent fasting, kind of emerging as something that's better understood and, and more dominant. And I think you and Jin and so many in our community are doing a good job of getting the word out there about the power of the clean fast and that need. Uh, but I, I think we're probably a ways away, um, particularly because there's nothing to sell, uh, right? With intermittent yeah. fasting, I mean, Jen, Jen sells books um, and she has a podcast and you have a podcast, but for the most part, uh, there's not very many products uh, that we can make for this, this lifestyle. It's very affordable uh, and very easy for anybody to do. Uh, and thus, none of us are really going to be spending advertising dollars to get our message out. No, I think you're right. And I think the only thing around intermittent fasting that's probably useful is some people are, are better in an environment where they may use like a mindset coach or they may use an intermittent fasting coach or a mentor or that sort of thing. And I think when it comes to that, when I look back to my own journey, Matt, I know in the past when I've been in business and I've done, I've really thrived by getting somebody to coach me. And I think there is an, an avenue for that. But for the most part, you're right. And I know the other day, actually, a guy was joining our Facebook group and I looked at his profile and it was a company that was selling intermittent fasting <laughs> powders uh, to take during your fast and shakes <laughs> to have in the morning before you started. And I was just going, well, sorry, you can't come in here. But um, no, I agree with you. And I, my opinion, Matt, you're either clean fasting or you're not. I'm getting to the point where I don't even like using the word dirty fasting anymore because there really isn't anything such a thing as dirty fasting. I mean, you clean yeah. fast or you're not I think the, the reason why I still like the term dirty fast is, uh, to me, it, it goes back to that compassionate idea. You know, you might have intended to clean fast, you slipped up, so now it's a dirty fast. But if you never intended to clean fast, you're right, it's not fasting. Uh, a dirty fast to me is like an accident uh, on, the, on the clean fast journey where uh, you you bought a coffee that you thought was clean and you didn't realize that there was a flavor in there or a sweetener in there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think we need to be a community that's uh, really encouraging people <laughs> uh, of clean fasting and not letting them get away with perpetual dirty fasting. But mate, we're going to wrap it up in a minute now. And I just wanted you to be able to talk to people out there that may be thinking about doing intermittent fasting or, or starting, what sort of words of motivation have you got for them? And what do you wish that you know now that you would have known? I think start? one of the things that has been really helpful for me in the last six months um, is, is from Jin's latest book. Um, and she kind of talks about uh, like, you know, tinker with it until you make it work. 
Um, and one of the things that I love about our intermittent fasting communities is uh, you and I have different protocols um, and our protocols are working for both of us. Um, and so as you're going into intermittent fasting, come in with a, a learning mindset um, and don't just assume that the first thing that you pick is going to be what works for you. I got lucky and for four hours works for me for the most part. Um, but there's, there's going to be a learning season and there might be times where you feel like you uh, fell off the wagon and I don't believe there's a wagon, but where you, you know, you s slip up or you, you walk away from fasting for a while. Um, but hopefully there's this, this continual curiosity um, and a continuous recognition that there's something different that keeps you coming back, uh, keeps you learning. Um, and I think if you just come in with it, with that learning mindset, mindset and with that belief that it'll work because we know it does <laughs> and you're going to be told by so many people it does. Um, if it doesn't work for you right away, keep trying, uh, keep trying to figure out how to make it work. Um, that would be my encouragement. Cause it's, it's been a two year journey for me and really only the last eight months has been it. I really felt like I moved from um, experimenting to lifestyle. Matt, I can't tell you how thrilled I've been to talk to you today. I've been looking forward to this and I, I applaud you and your efforts to get men involved with intermittent fasting and talk about their feelings openly in your group there. But Matt Hall, thank you for joining me Absolutely. here on the thank you. Highway. You too. Oh, thank you so much, Matt. I really enjoyed that chat with you and I found it very enlightening and I applaud your efforts in getting guys into YF and talking about it in your group there. And thank you for everything that you do. It is appreciated. So coming up next week on the Fasting Highway podcast, we have a real treat in Marty Kendall. And Marty is from Data Driven Fasting and Marty's going to crunch some numbers for us. He's also going to tell us why optimizing nutrition is important. And Marty is one of the leading people in this area. And he's a very interesting guy. He's Australian. So stay tuned for that one next week. Also, for those out there that don't know, there is a Facebook group for the Fasting Highway, the Fasting Highway podcast and book Facebook group. We've got a great bunch of people in there. We've got some of the most successful fasters from all over the world. And we're having a lot of people join every week. So please come and join us there at the Fasting Highway Facebook group. So until next week, be well, be safe. And remember, clean fasting is everlasting.